You're listening to Conversations of Inspiration with Ben Moore and Scott Gunn on the EXP podcast. The show that brings you expert insights from those who have had an exponential impact on their industries. They say that success leaves footprints. So take a walk with us as we explore all things growth, business and mindset every Monday from 7am. Sit back, relax and enjoy today's show. Three, two, one. Welcome to the XP podcast, Scott. Good to have you. How are you doing? Yeah, good, mate. How are you? I'm knackered, mate. I'm absolutely shattered today. You're still struggling from the event last week. <laughs> what did you say? Sorry, I missed that, but I laughed. But along. <laughs> I said that you're still struggling from the event last week. Yeah, yeah. Um Dinner, it, it was free, the wine was free flowing, you know, like when you're at a wedding, at least when you buy yourself a bottle of wine at home, you've got some like level of what you've drunk. But when every time your glass gets half full, talking optimistically, someone tops it up. Um, I don't know how much we drank, mate, but I really don't. What what I do know is is the chap I went up there with wanted to buy a bottle of wine for the train on the way home. And I remember waking up the next day and thinking, thank God, I at least had some amount of uh, resistance to that. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, yeah. no way. Yeah. So yeah. no, it's great. Yeah, it's good. I mean, the evening you're talking about is obviously we got together with, um, with our founder and, and, and what is he CEO? I don't even know what his exact job title is, such as the, the nature of what the guy's like, but our founder, Glenn Sanford, um, about 20, 25 just got together for dinner with him uh, last week sometime, um, a really fancy restaurant in London. And yeah, some industry faces there, some EXP agents as well, all just mingling in the room, talking about all things agency through to, you know, our personal lives. And, and it was great, just a really good few hours, um, met some great people. Um, I don't know who I can say was there, but, I, I, you know, Peter Rollins was there, who's been on the podcast before. Um, had Ian McKenzie there from the Guild. Um, Russell Quirk was there. I think all this has been on LinkedIn, so none of it's a secret. Um, and it was just really great just to get some get some heads together and almost for all of us just to be able to drop our guards for a few hours and just talk about all things agency and and and, and growth and what this 2022 looks like and the future of all of our businesses and, and share ideas. So, yeah, I really enjoyed it. It was a, a really good event. Um, great to sort of spend time with Glenn, who's you know legitimately a, a, a billionaire. He was over here on holiday, and for him to take a couple of hours out of that to leave his wife to come and see us is um, you know was a real privilege. No, it looked like a good event. I mean, obviously, I was. I feel like um, you know I was at home babysitting the podcast while you was out gallivanting <laughs> with your friends. <laughs> Yeah, but no, I'm I'm glad that I'm going to make it. Mate. Obviously, I kind of explained to anyone who, who tuned into the last episode that I was fully planning on going down and immersing myself in that because obviously it's been a known thing internally that this was going to happen for a couple of months. So I was really looking forward to it. But yeah, life just got in the way and, and other things took, took precedent, unfortunately. But I definitely had that fear of missing out when I started seeing it all over LinkedIn and workplace and Facebook and the pictures look brilliant and, and the skyline, mate, from from where you guys were sat. I'm not exactly sure what the restaurant was but it looked incredible so I can imagine you know sort of meeting with the, the brains and the knowledge that were at that event was one thing but doing it in such a setting over a London skyline with unlimited amounts of wine by the sounds of it must have been something pretty special mate so 
Yeah, I've I, I really enjoyed it. And, you know, we made a bit of a day of it as well. A few of us got together in the net beforehand. So um, um, Matt Giggs was there as well. I don't know if you know Matt, um, but Matt's yeah, someone yeah. that I've sort of admired what he does for a long time on on LinkedIn. And, and I've always looked at his business and, and, and thought it looks great and always wanted to get to know him. And you have these sort of little interactions, don't you? So I had that, the classic thing of sort of meeting him for a beer and walking in. And I, I don't think I said nice to meet you because it, didn't feel like I'd met him for the first time and, and probably vice versa. But, you know, if we talk about, you know, Matt was there not because, you know, his business doesn't fit within EXPs because he's very much got his own thing going on and it's really, really successful. Um, so there wasn't any pretense. It wasn't there as any sort of recruitment or attraction. It was just getting some great people in the room. And yeah. I spent some time chatting with Matt and, you know, he was really interested in what we do and and probably there's elements there that, that he can learn from and, and absolutely vice versa. So, um, that that was really good to to get to know him as well. So hopefully that'll be a you know a relationship where I can just sort of jump in every now and then and, and seek some advice and hopefully give some as well. So yeah, it was a really really good successful event. I really enjoyed it and um, it felt terrible the next day. It's completely non-productive. Um, but yeah, hope, hopefully get a chance to do it again soon, mate. And, and hopefully you'll be able to be able to get down as well. No, for sure, for sure. I spoke to Adam as well after it, and uh, I think I definitely need to make sure that I'm at the next one. This, this, this sound and look too good to miss out on multiple. So yeah, I look forward to, to getting involved next time it comes around, mate. Um, but today yeah. we're going to be well, on. just to go back on that. Adam's lost about a stone. As it, it, it's because his uh, his leg's been in a cast, hasn't it? So he's just been sat yeah. around. He can't get to the fridge. I'm like, mate, you, I said, blokes normally are horrible to each other. But I said, you look great and about five years younger. <laughs> Does it? Yeah. Has, has he been training or is it because of his operation? No, 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 no. It's Well, it's either because of his operation or because he's going to Miami in June. Oh, right. <laughs> it's yeah, one yeah. or the other. Maybe yeah. he's thinking about, you know, what he looks like poolside. But um, yeah, I know it's one of those things where really you hope that you meet up with a mate and they've piled a load of weight on so you can be horrible and nasty and take the mickey out of each other. But <laughs> I literally just looked at him and went, uh, yeah, you, you look really well. You look well. <laughs> well, it's a good job I went there because I would have been the mate in the former category for sure, mate. <laughs> I've been, uh, been, been training and more active than I used to be, but we've still got a long way to go. I'm just about battling out my lazy face, mate. So we're, we're getting there one day at a time, but I've not lost as much weight as Adam just yet. No, well, um, so today's pod, mate, I've got no idea how to sort of define this subject, really, but I think it's a, a really interesting topic that we wanted to talk about um you and i are now two and a half years into our business and i think i think we've enjoyed a certain amount of uh credit given to us internally by exp you know certainly as sort of a couple of the early agents and some of the sort of first people to cap and you know get get high pipelines etc we've certainly had our ego stroked internally and i guess an element of that external as well which has been really nice but um i know it's something that you and i almost started to talk about and said no let's let's do it on recording because it's an interesting topic about i don't know if i'd say getting carried away with the hype um i don't know how you'd word it based on what we were saying but it's almost getting a little bit carried away with the praise you're getting and then as a result you start to feel like you might have the midas touch and then forgetting what got you to that position in the first place is what's going to keep you there. Does that make sense? Yeah, no, it, it makes a lot of sense, mate. And, and I think that's probably a, 
you know, a very good way of putting it, to be fair, as frank and as direct as it is, kind of getting a bit carried away with yourself or believing your own hype. It's a dangerous thing because there's kind of like a fine line, I guess, between, you know, you want to have confidence in your ability. You want to be sure that you've got what it takes to be successful. You want to carry yourself in a way that allows other people to buy into your message and what it is that you're doing and the success that you can display. So you definitely need to have that level of confidence. But I think there's, there's really that line where that can overspill into almost like a territory where that can breed complacency. And yeah. I think sometimes, and if I'm being completely honest with myself and sort of, you know, cards on the table about it, there can be this, um, and I guess this is reflective of not just property or business or estate agency, but the world that we live in with social media and being under a bit of a lens. You know, you kind of almost become too preoccupied with looking successful than yeah. actually being successful, if yeah. that makes sense. Um yeah. So, yeah, I think it's a good topic of conversation. I think it's something that, if we're honest, is, you know, salespeople tend to have an ego in some way, shape or form. It's not always a bad thing, but I think we can all sort of relate with that um, that conundrum of being mindful of not being carried away with yourself and, and still having your mind in the right place, regardless of how successful or unsuccessful you are in, in any particular moment. Yeah. And as you say, I mean, it's, it's a natural thing, isn't it? That when you get praise, you want a little bit more of it. And then that can lead to, as you say, almost holding back. I remember a lot of the early day stuff we used to do would be, you know, you'd post a picture of a viewer not turning up and you're like, God, a viewer didn't turn up. And then later on, you'd be having a coffee saying, well, that's given me my half an hour back. And I remember the story was always, you know, the warts and all sort of experience of being a self-employed individual and then I definitely know that as, as I got more credit internally, I started to feel like, you know, I only ever wanted to show the positive side of things. Yeah. And you get a bit of, I guess, you know, if you gave any footballer the rights to edit their own highlight reel, <laughs> they're only going to show the great things, right? Yeah, the irony of that is when you're learning how to play the game, you know, it's sometimes really good when you get a chance to look at the punditry and they say, well, this is what that person could have done there. So you learn a lot from your mistakes. And that's why I think it's really important. I mean, the... I guess the, the complacency I'm probably talking about is, is 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 more on the agency side than anything else because the market we had last year was phenomenal and and probably likely never to be repeated again. I mean, I know that it's the strongest market I've had in my whole career, and I also know that it's the only market I've ever known in 20 years where when you had a pint with a fellow estate agent, you'd both be saying, "God, I'd slow it down a little bit if yeah. I could." Yeah. Um, have you ever heard anybody in sales say that almost that I would actually I'd take it down a gear if I could you know that was mad which is great but I think it has given a lot of people that sort of I think actually more like a sense of entitlement that that will continue whereas the the reality is that that's just not how business works and we are we're in a different market now you know probably arguably in a more competitive market than we were last year because sales are still coming in thick and fast but obviously the instructions are they're harder to win aren't they yeah and yeah. i don't know about you but where my agency business is and I, I know that you recently sort of went back to basics it would have been easier for me to have carried on driving my business at a rate of 60 percent i would probably be more successful right now in terms of how many houses i could sell rather than what i did was went hell for leather for the first year and then I coasted for 12 months. And now if I need to get my agency back up to the level it was this time last year, it's ironically going to be harder work than if I'd have just maintained a level of 60, 70% effort for two years. 
Yeah, no, no, a hundred percent. And I know that we always make this kind of analogy between business and fitness a lot of the time, which just seems to come in almost every conversation, but it's the same thing in it. Like, you know, where you decide, okay, I'm going to get fitter and lose weight or whatever else. And you do nothing, but you know, eat a calorie controlled diet and train three times a day, like a madman. And, and you keep that up for a couple of months, lose a load of weight. And then it's not sustainable you can't keep it up it's not yeah. you know it's not something you can do long term in a day or two so you end up bounce back and relapsing and going back to square one before you know it and it's much the same in business you know it's good to have that sort of energy and that motivation and focus to, to build something but if you do it at an unsustainable rate and you throw yourself into it you effectively burn out don't you and then end up going one step forward three steps back so how do you stop because burnout is definitely something now that that I definitely feel that I experienced, I think you and I almost went through it at a similar stage, didn't we? Because we were both earning really good money and money that before we went self-employed, we'd have been absolutely thrilled to be in that position. But ironically, almost when you and I got to the height of what we were earning, probably was the height where we were the most anxious and the most um, anxious, I don't think it's the right word, but I know that you and I were questioning where you go from there because it was hard work do you think that i mean how how do you avoid that happening do you think you have to work to the point of burnout recognize it and then stop do you think you have to almost is it beneficial for anybody listening to this to actually realize that they're very likely to hit that at some point and plan forward you know with regular breaks or you know, set work hours or limits to, you know, what they're prepared to do. You know, I'm really sort of curious what you would recommend from talking to so many agents on a daily basis that people do, what actions they take. I think the, the key is, mate, I think it's having the sort of, um, the ability to take yourself out of the situation and see it for what it is. Because I think, you know, especially if you're building from the ground up or you're starting with limited funds or you, frankly, you've never earned that amount of money before. Um, when you go in and you're hitting those milestones and you're having that success, you kind of feel like, okay, well, what I'm doing is working because I'll do more with that. But then as the company starts to grow, you know, you can't scale yourself in the same way that your business can grow, if that makes sense. Yeah. So inevitably it gets to the point where if you're juggling too many balls, then some of them are going to drop. That's just the reality. And, and not just that, any free time that you did have is now going to be soaked up by the business because it needs you. So I think the key is just sort of having, I don't know, what's the right word? I don't um, having, I was going to say maturity. I don't think that's the right word, but just having the, the ability to recognize, okay, well, I can't do all this by myself. I need to bring in an extra pair of hands and then create the leverage, however that looks, whether that's changing the economics of your business to kind of drop your conversions, but increase your financial return, like I opted to, or whether it's bringing in um, a team and, and kind of having more of a, um, I, I guess, a, a support structure around you to kind of underpin the business and serve yes. your clients and continue to be able to move in a forward motion without it burning you out, like Sam Sarone's done, for example, just to name one, and I know there's more besides. But I think there's different ways you can sort of manage that situation and mitigate the rate of burnout. Um, or if you even do experience burnout, but it's just having the foresight to see that bump in the road coming and then being able to preempt it and sort of put the things in place to manage that properly. The issue you've got is when you think, oh no, but you know, if I bring in a member of staff, that's going to be an extra £2,000 per month and I can do this by myself and I can do And when you try and be a superhero, inevitably that's when you hit the brick wall, right? And, and that's when you, you can get to that point of burnout. Um, 
So I think it can be quite scary sometimes making decisions like that, especially if you've not run a business before. But I think it's important that you're able to make those decisions or listen to people and take advice or else inevitably, you know, doing the right thing can, can, can backfire quite quickly. And do you think it's, I mean, this is where I think sometimes, this is where sometimes having a target is useful as well, actually, because I think we, the natural thing when you've been employed when, when we talk about targets is that the natural thing is to, to think, oh, I don't like targets, I think, for most people, because most of their experience when you're in a corporate environment of a target is that it's, it's going to turn into a stick to hit you with. It's not a target. It's some, a stick I want to hit you with. What I like about targets and certainly the reasons I set my targets is that actually it allows me to recognise when I've achieved something and therefore once you get over that, you can either A, carry on going if you want, or B, allow yourself to pat yourself on the back and take a little bit of time out to chill. And you know, an example I would give of that is I've got an agent that I've spoke to recently. Um, I would talk to probably once a week. But I'm not going to name the individual, it's not, not, not fair, but the, 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 they were a bit stressed out because somebody had disinstructed them at last minute and cancelled some viewings at the weekend. So they had, they had a load of viewings, open house on a Saturday, and somebody had sort of called within a notice period and disinstructed them. This is an agent in our top five pipelines, right? So this is an agent who's going to earn comfortably north of £200,000 in a year. And phone me up, what should I do? You know, I'm not having it. You know, exactly the reaction you expect. I've worked really hard. I think if this person buys it through another agent, I'm due a fee, et cetera. All very, very reasonable reactions. And I could understand where they were coming from. But my advice from being non-emotionally attached to that situation was, you're going to earn over £200,000 this year. In my view, you've just been given a weekend. You know, so you can earn two hundred and five stressed or 200 with a smile on your face and go into this weekend. You know, you need a break. And it was nice to be a... I've been I've been on both sides of that conversation <laughs> and it was nice to be on the non-emotional side where I can just say just chill out but I think almost you know that's an individual that that definitely needs to recognize they've achieved a hell of a lot and they should just give themselves an opportunity to take a little bit of a break I would say yeah no I think I know exactly what you're talking about actually yeah, <laughs> <laughs> they might have had a little event publicly as well, didn't they? Well, on the internal uh, internal workplace chat. I don't know if they put it on on Facebook. <laughs> or whatever, but yeah, I, I know I know exactly what you're talking about, and I'd probably view it the same as you. But that that's the benefit of, I guess, what that person did in in that instance in picking you up to ask your advice. Sometimes you need the outsider's perspective to give you the perspective because when you're caught up in the moment, you know you just feel the injustice. Yeah. the work you've put in and the client that you thought was on your side suddenly doing you a bit of a bad turn so which we all hate right you know yeah. I, I, I mean don't get me wrong I, as i say and i mean it i could so easily be the one dialing out to seek that advice and it was that classic situation where both of us knew what the answer was as soon as the question had been asked you know because we all do it i mean i phone i phone certain people that i know for advice all the time and the second I ask a question i think uh, I've just heard it out loud for the first time. I, I, know, I know what I'm thinking, but that that individual is probably earning, probably had an expectation, I hope, to earn six figures. I bet they'd have bit your hand off at 100 grand a year, and now they're going to earn double that. 
Yeah, you're going to earn two hundred thousand pounds this year for sure. Already capped with six or seven months left to go, so going to earn big, big money. And what a target would benefit that person? And I don't actually know if they set them or not, but right now they'd better go. Yeah, like fuck me, I'm allowed. I'm allowed to take a few days off. Whereas if you're shooting around blind with no target, you might have that time off, but there's that level of anxiety, isn't there? Because you don't really know if you've warranted it. So I think targets are actually a really important part to avoid burnout because you're not just left chasing the impossible. Yeah, 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 yeah. I think I think a big a big thing about that is you know that recognition, like feeling like that feeling of accomplishment. Because I don't know about you, mate, but I don't always. Like in the moment, I'm not necessarily thinking about like, oh, I'd like to hit X amount of pounds and pence in my account. I'm thinking about, have I listed a property today? Have I sold that house this week? Was that open? Yeah. How, was that a success? And I think sometimes when you've got like a tangible metric to think, it's like that thing, you know, we spoke about on the podcast before where you've mentioned in the past, you've been lacking direction, not in business, but in life. You might have a tick list of things to do, which could be as basic and as fundamental as making your bed and brushing your teeth. But yeah. just knowing that you've done that task and you've ticked it off, it kind of makes you feel in a strange little way, like you've achieved something for that day. Yeah. And it, yeah. it kind of takes you down the path of being more productive in other ways. Um, I think probably targets has got the same sort of psychological um, result when you take it off or you hit what you've set for yourself, you suddenly feel like you've been a success or you've achieved that day, that week, that month, which kind of carries forward into the other conversations you do and the other tasks that you set about. I think the negative connotations come from obviously like the traditional sort of corporate environment is, as you said, it's, it's not really a carrot, it's very much a stick. So use it to beat people. Why have you not hit target this month? Okay, you've you've achieved your sales target by, you know, done 120% of what we expected, but you've not referred enough mortgages. Why is it that you've not referred enough mortgages over? And it's kind of like always that negative connotation and sort of that, that low level anxiety that tends to come with targets. But I think it's a different dynamic as long as you view targets and KPIs in the right way. And perhaps it's totally different when you're setting them to yourself and you're accountable to yourself, not to somebody else, if that makes sense. I think it's interesting, but I think the way that you, you frame that is, is is totally different on your experience of having a target. Yeah, yeah, I think so. And I mean, the burnout thing is, I think it's still seen as, I do, I do think people still feel like they're weak if they burn out. Do you think that's still the mentality? I timed that just as you had a, a sip of that monster drink. <laughs> Sugar free. Anyone who's there. Uh... <laughs> Try to slow down asking that question. But do you think, do you think that rather than people just think, like if you finished a marathon and you were shattered and you collapsed, you'd just be proud that you'd run a marathon, wouldn't you? And yet it's almost like we can't admit when we burn out and just take a bit of time out. It feels like a weakness. Yeah, it, it does. But again, that probably that, that's probably reflective of, of current culture, mate. You know, the hustle culture, like, you know, get up early at the 5 a.m. club, get your hill sprints out the way by half five, do hot stone yoga by 6 a.m. and make sure you've got all your prospecting calls done by 10. Like that, that, That's sort of the social media narrative, the entrepreneur's world that's promoted through social media, which is just fucking nonsense. But I think that sometimes when you see that, or when you perceive that other people are living in that way, then it can sort of, I guess, enforce the wrong um, filter on the way that you're yeah. looking at your business yeah, and the way you approach it. So it's it's yeah, it's uh, it's interesting, mate. But I, th- I think I think that social media's got a lot to answer for in that whole thing. Well, but that that goes back to you know a conversation that we were having last night around 
sort of that that sort of talent endorsement as well, doesn't it? Because if you start to if you only ever praise people for their success, they're likely to only show you their success. Whereas actually, I think it's really important to almost pick up on, you know, when somebody's struggling or when they've made a mistake. I think it's almost equally as important to have that same level of engagement of conversation. I've, I've been talking to an agent at <coughs> two calls today. We ended up giving almost the same advice to two agents, which was to again, you said it about showing on Instagram. This viewing hasn't turned up. I'm going for a latte. People don't want to post that because they feel like, oh, do I want to post about viewing not turned up? But people do buy into that reality of there being ups and downs for everybody's day. And I think they then trust it a little bit more. So the conversations I've just had with agents is, you know, in terms of the content you're putting out on LinkedIn, whether you're trying to attract agents to EXP or not, is is it doesn't all have to be all the positives. You know, you'd be surprised what credibility you develop when you start saying to people, if you went on LinkedIn now and put, I'm stressed, you know, I've got, I've done this, 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 I haven't listed one for a week. People just pile in with compliments and help and all sorts of things. I don't think they'll take it as, because we've all been there. Yeah. We have yeah. all been there. But what, what I think happens, I've definitely seen this happen both internally and externally. Somebody does well and then they get a hell of a lot of praise for it. And then you almost get to the point where you feel like you've got to edit your own highlight reel and only put out the very, very best examples of what you've done. And I don't always think that's the right thing to do. I don't think it's particularly credible. And I think we should, I think we should just encourage people to show their failures as well. I think that would be really useful. I mean, I think the whole sort of thing around um, people's relationship with failure and setbacks, like it, I think it's interesting and that's probably something we could do a podcast on in isolation. Because I think, you know, we always view failure as final and people sort of shy away from it because, you know, they don't want to be seen to have not achieved what they set out to. Maybe that crept in a little bit for me, you know, because, you know, it's been the best part of a year since I've been out actively, you know, promoting myself and selling houses and, um, you know, building that side of my business. Then when I came around to thinking, OK, I'm, I'm actually going to, you know, get out and roll my sleeves up and start selling a few properties again. There was definitely a thought in my mind of, well, bloody hell, Ben, all you've done over the last 12 months is, you know, create podcasts and content and videos about, you know, the do's and don'ts of how to grow a business. You don't like to yeah. it if you go out and, 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 you know, you don't make it work for whatever reason. So that definitely went through my mind. But then I thought, well, so what if I don't? So so what if it takes me six months to list my first house? Like as long as I'm trying my best and I'm authentically, you know, doing what I think's right, I'll get there and 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 things will come together when they're supposed to. And if I was caught up in the whole notion of oh, well, what will people think of me if I don't list any properties? You know, I'd, I'd, I'd still be sat in this office thinking I really want to start selling houses again. I really want to start doing estate agency again. You've just got to not let the fear hold you back and just realise that failure more often than not is is just feedback on what you need to tweak and change to get it right the second time, the second time over. But it's like that thing when, before we hit record, we were talking about the notion that a lot of the time people, and this probably ties into what you just said about editing your own highlight reel, people are more preoccupied with the perception of looking like they're being successful rather than whether they are successful in reality. Yeah. yeah. Do you know what I mean? I think, and I think that's an issue. I think, you know, you've got to understand that 
and success is different for everyone, but it's, you know, it's subjective, but whatever success looks like for you in business, there's going to be an element of ugly work that it takes for you to get there. And yeah. I think it's the ugly work that people shine away from. They'd rather be doing the, you know, the video tours of the fancy houses or flashing the Rolex or the Lamborghini rather than, you know, showing the reality of hitting the pavements when it's throwing down to knock on doors and, and post mail or whatever it is they're doing to generate leads. So um, I think that's like another paradigm shift as well. Like realize that success comes as a result of doing the ugly work consistently, not a day one luxury that you get the minute you rock up with a new business. Yeah, I, 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 mate, I definitely think that's what, I mean, what's what almost held you back going back into agency or, or the, the fear you got over pretty quickly about the the fear of the failure, but it's the fear of the failure being public, isn't it? It's, it's yeah. one of the things it is as well, because a lot of the activities you, you wouldn't do if it didn't matter if you got success or not. I mean, if I paid you a hundred quid a day just to post leaflets every day without any fear of whether or not they were going to reply back or not, you'd probably do it with a smile on your face. Yeah, 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 yeah. All of a sudden you do it where, okay, you're not getting a hundred quid, but people will see if you end up with a few boards up. I mean, I honestly think, I, I think hand on heart, I don't think the fear of loss of finance is what stopped me launching an estate agency business 10 years ago. I think it was the fact that for the first time, I'd have to put my boards up in the area and then I said the same thing to Chris Watkin. It's, it was genuinely the fear of the fact that our success is so visible in what we do, isn't it, in agency? It is. And I think you mentioned on a past podcast, mate, about, you know, initially your plan was to have like that Victoria Scott brand. And that almost felt like a bit of a comfort blanket to you, I remember you saying. And suddenly when, so. it was, yeah. when it was Scott Gunn and there was nowhere to hide and it was your face <laughs> everywhere, it just made it that little bit more... I don't know what you say. Or not everywhere. You know, that was the worry is you'd <laughs> yeah. end up at 20 boards in your garage that aren't going up. Yeah. I mean, it is a scary thing. And I don't, I don't, I mean, obviously there's nothing wrong with having a, I think what you need is, apparently what you need is that, that you need to have both the, the fear of failure and the desire for success at the same time. Yeah. Because one or the other doesn't work because you can't really have a desire for success without being fearful of failure. But if the fear of failure is too much, then it's it then stops problem. you taking chances. Yeah. Um, I think it's that, um, was it you that said it? I'm sure it was on the podcast. It was either you or, or someone that we had on the podcast had, had sort of said this previously. That it's either me you know, or someone very smart, then <laughs> I don't know, I don't even know what you're going to say. <laughs> um, but it was that notion of like, you know, if if in fact, this was the sentiment, this might not have been exactly as it was phrased, but um, I don't know, let's just say I had a big block of gold on a backpack and you was chasing me and if you catch me, you get this block of gold and I'm cycling away from you. You're going to run pretty bloody quick to try and catch me and get that block of gold off my back. If yeah. suddenly I put a herd of hungry lions behind you, you're probably going to find another 20%. <laughs> yeah. So it's kind of like you're running far towards something, but kind of running it, away. It, it was me because was it's it just it's the most mental experiment I've ever heard about, which is where if if, if you put a mouse on a wheel and hold a cat behind it and record how fast it runs on the wheel. It obviously runs very, very bloody fast because it's yeah. scared of being dead. Yeah, yeah. The weird thing was these scientists put some cheese in front of it as well. And it still found another gear. <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> so even, even the fear of death wasn't enough to truly get the best performance out of a mouse. It needed the fear of death and the reward of some cheese to fully get right. And, and it is interesting because apparently you need to know what you're afraid of. So you need to know, you need two things. You need something to be running away from and something to be running towards. So my running away from was returning to employment. You know, that was, 
that's my my biggest fear not in life but in business yeah. <laughs> um, my biggest fear in business is that one day and i'm not intending to knock anyone that has to do this next week but for me is if if next monday morning i was sat around a meeting table in an estate agency office that would and happen. having yeah that that would not suit me and that scares the crap out of me having to do that so that's my what i'm running away from and then i've got you know personal financial goals that i'm running towards that you know i guess are sort of relatively private but that i have written down and and you know something that i'm aiming at but the running away from is a really really big one for me because if i'm struggling for motivation or and despite what I don't know what perception you or I put out there, but I've lost days at a time looking out the window. Yeah. yeah. Days at a time. You know, I put football manager on this morning for an hour. Yeah. I got, got in the office at half eight and instead of thinking, oh, good, I'm here half an hour earlier in my cabin in the back garden. I can get half an hour more work done. I thought, why don't you fill that half an hour with the game of football manager that then went to half nine and then I was like, shit, I've got a call. Yeah, I don't know what the perception is out there, but I've lost days at a time, not even golfing or playing Xbox or doing anything productive. I've lost days at a time, sat at my desk, just sort of going, uh, don't yeah, know what yeah. to do, post, whatever. And that's when, that's when, and look, that's okay. If you, if you lose a day or two here and there, don't punish yourself too much for that. But that's where, if that gets too much, my, my thought process turns into, you don't pull your finger out this is this is where you could end up back in an office staring at the clock you know counting down the hours so you get to go home i mean i think that that um that 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 fear of regression like you're having that minute with yourself of right come on scott you've wasted the best part of a week we need to have a, a you know a, a decent end to the week or else otherwise we're going to start regressing and going too far in the other direction and that sort of fear of, of going backwards if you like i think it is so important i, I was i was watching or reading, or I was told about something a while ago, um, this kind of notion of, of what's called hedonic adaptation. So what, what that effectively is, 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 is the name given to the process where a human will return to the same base level of happiness regardless of what they achieve. So let's just say, for example, Scott, you know, you're, you come out of a job and you go into, you know, setting up with the XP, you've got this elation that you suddenly found this autonomy, this freedom, you've got this control that you've never had before. You're doing deals in your way. You're dealing with the people you want to work with. You're securing more, you know, commission personally than you've ever had. And all these things are elation, 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 elation. Suddenly you get to a point where you've replaced your previous salary in six months. So now you're earning 30 grand a year, let's just say. Um, financially you're okay you might push that a little bit and get to 40 or 50 grand a year and everything feels great but then the argument is is that once you've kind of hit that point whether you go up to 70 grand a year or 80 grand a year or 100 grand a year or 150 grand a year after the initial buzz of achieving that milestone and giving yourself the pat on the back for achieving what is a great success in your business you just return to that same baseline so actually even though you're getting paid 150 grand a year now your baseline happiness is still exactly the same as what it was when you was on 50 grand a year so your yeah. life's not your life's not different it's just that you've hit that milestone and, and suddenly you've returned back to a baseline so that's why i think that the running away from something part is is, is a super important part of moving forward and progressing the example that was used in 
um, sort of the, the 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 case study that was given to me was Conor McGregor. So you look back at a load of his case studies when he was like, um, you know, like on social welfare coming through, didn't have a pot to piss in, you know, didn't have a name, no one knew who he was. The ambition was like this collectivism of doing something for his country, you know, putting Ireland on the map, pride providing for his family, improving his lifestyle. He'd come from nothing and he wanted something. And suddenly you start climbing the ladder and you know what good, what what difference does a hundred mil make to your life that you didn't have when you had 10 mil? Do you know what I mean? So it yeah. was kind of breaking down his mindset, his performance, his demeanour and how hedonic adaptation had applied to him. And I think to a much lesser extent, obviously, other than Glenn, none of us are sat here richer than Conor McGregor, but that's besides the point. I think the sentiment still applies all the way across when it comes to goal setting. Um, so I think it is, a, it, is, it is an interesting point. So the example that you use about the mouse, because I think that kind of ties into that um that sort of methodology, if you like, in a roundabout way for kind of reinforcing that point. So I think it is important. Yeah, no, I, I, I agree. And it's it's something that I've learned only recently, only recently as well. Um, it's something that's probably always been in the back of my mind, but someone much brighter than me <laughs> and, and encouraged me to do that. So I would advise anybody that does it to have some idea and a reminder of what it is there running away from and not only to it seems to be a positive way to help you hit and achieve your targets um and also it's a a really positive uh, way to know when you've got there as well because if you don't set a target then you you don't know when you when you have got there right and you can't enjoy it and that's as bit if not arguably more important than the journey as well so no definitely mate. definitely and then um... I guess, you know, we, we kind of opened up so to, to an end of what we kind of um, framed the podcast as when we first started talking there. We was talking initially about uh, the whole thing about not getting carried away with yourself and controlling your ego and all that type of thing. Whether you're running away from, whether you're running to something, when people are achieving goals and success and being put on a bit of a pedestal, what tips or what things would you sort of comment as an observation that you've made or ways that people can keep the ego in check overall as the business starts to come out of that startup phase and scale and grow and as it starts to become an actual business are there any key things that you see in people who just go too far the other way and just can't keep check of the progress and they get too sort of high on their own supply i think you've almost just got to remind yourself of what you did to get that recognition so you know if you've got if you've got a hundred grand pipeline and therefore everybody's lording you up um, and hold, putting you up on a pedestal, I think it's really important as an individual, you remind yourself of what it took to get to that 100 grand pipeline. And then you don't get carried away because then you're not getting carried away because it's the difference between talent and um, attitude, isn't it? You know, in the, I was saying to you earlier that in schools now, you know, they educate kids that it's all about attitude and effort over talent. You know, if you just keep telling someone they're talented, eventually they're going to start to hide their failures from you. And the likelihood is, kids who are talented are more likely to cheat in a test, right? And that's that's not helping anybody at this point. Whereas if you just constantly praise effort. So I think probably if you're actually going to learn something in, in business about management, I'm taught and I've been told to only ever praise someone's attitudes and effort over the individual achievement, over the result. But if you are in a position where somebody is praising you for your achievement and they're using the word talent or they're putting you up on a pedestal i think it's important to remind yourself of the effort that you put in to get there um then you get sort of that situation where almost you've got that sort of faux humility though don't you that everybody hates which is where somebody's saying oh well done you've got 100 grand a year pipeline and you're almost internally saying well 
Yeah, but that's only because I sent 50 direct mail letters a day and because I did this and because I did that. And actually, I don't think people like the faux humble thing, but I think I would just remind yourself internally of what it took to get there and do more of that. (laughs) Do more of that. Maybe enjoy the praise a little bit because there's nothing, you know, getting patted on the back. I like it. You know, I I got it a lot in my early days at EXP, less so now because I don't have the big pipeline and all that thing. And I miss it a little bit sometimes because I did used to like it. But at the same time, I think probably if I was there again, I would just remind myself of the effort that I put into to get there and just make sure that I maintain that, I think. It almost, I don't know about you, man, it's not to be specific to me, but it almost felt like an accident when my business started building. I yeah. kind of felt as though I'd just been really lucky and any minute I was going to get found out for the fraud that I am. <laughs> well, that, that's, that's that imposter syndrome though, isn't it? Yeah. Isn't that yeah. isn't that the whole sort of imposter syndrome thing that, you know, people who achieve even, you know, much, much greater levels of success. I mean, you've only got to look at Tyson Fury and the sort of come down that he had when he actually won his first world championship, you know, just didn't know where to go from there, did he? Um, And is that, have you ever completed a computer game? I don't think any computer game allows you to complete it anymore. But do you remember the old ones? You used to have like eight levels and then you completed it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) And you'd chase that for months and months and months, wouldn't you? And do you remember then when when you completed it, it just sort of went, congratulations, you've completed And then you just, ah, I'm not sure what I'm chasing now. (laughs) Even box sets. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Nobody's ever ended a box set well, have they? Is there any long-running series that people don't criticise the ending of it? And and that's because the whole point, it, it's not about the ending of it, is it? You know, I, I, I talk about money. I, I've been chasing earning 100 grand in a year for 15 years. You know, it's been my goal. I've got, I've got it written on the wall in my garage when I used to work in there. 100K in pencil on the wall. And I, I looked at it and I thought, God, that took you about 15 years to hit that. And when I hit it, you know, it didn't feel like I thought it was going to. No, 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 no. <laughs> Mate, that's the thing. And I've said this before on the podcast, but I had the exact same epiphany, you know, coming out of a minimum wage job, you know, cleaning treadmills and whatever else, working reception and doing shift work, thinking, Jesus, I just want to, don't know why, just a, a random milestone. There's no rhyme or reason, but I want to hit a five-figure month. I want to get north of 10 grand and bam, I know that I'm onto a good thing. Suddenly that month comes, you clear the, the 10 grand plus. And again, going back to that hedonic adaptation, you realise this, you know, my life's no more improved at 10 grand a month than what it was earning two grand a month. As long as you're not pleading poverty and struggling to pay the bills and, you know, yeah. you're up at night with, with money worries, that's a very different kettle of fish. But once you're, once you're comfortable, once your kids are fed, once you're happy, once you can afford, you know, the bits and pieces that you need to go about your day-to-day life, for me anyway, I think that if I'm earning 100k or 10k or 5k a month it doesn't really make any difference um I'm I'm, I'm the same I mean not that I want it to go backwards of course clearly because it has presented and does present me with a lot of opportunities but you know I, I think most of us even when you get to the events like the other night you know I kept saying to like Jane and Tony Ruby and others you know so your pipeline's this short and I don't I don't think that these individuals necessarily have taken it on board yet no, I don't. And I don't think you do until it starts to really wash through. <laughs> until, it, until it disappears. Yeah, <laughs> You've got to start again. But that's the weird thing. But we've all met someone who's got loads of money that you think is going to be running around looking giddy all the time. And it's amazing how quickly you get used to it. But nonetheless, obviously, it does present you with a lot of choices. And, you know, those that are earning it are, are, are very fortunate. But it is more just that. I, I would if I was relying on 
if I was relying on a, a feeling of, of um, delirious happiness once I did that to drive me to do it again, then that didn't occur. So that wouldn't drive me again. What will get me there again is a target based on, well, if I achieve this, I can get that out of it. And that's a really important part of it. I mean, I think we've ended up miles away from where we started with this podcast, but I think that's okay. Yeah. yeah. But almost just to keep resetting those personal goals as well for, for what you can do with that higher level of income, whether it be, if I do this, we can no, extend can, the house. Can I, or... can, I you, can I ask you a question, mate? What would, like, quite honestly, right, if you just decided... Let's just say you're starting from ground zero and over the next 12 months, you want to, we'll just stick with that simple goal of doing 100K again because yeah. that's what you was working for for the last 15 years or so. What would motivate you more to smash it every day? Would it be me turning around saying, Scott, I'm going to smash you, mate. I'm going to make 100K so much faster than you because I'm a much better estate agent. Hand on heart. Absolutely. I've had a physical reaction in my body to you saying that <laughs> as, as i was saying it especially when i got i know guys my hairs are standing on edge like yeah. i'm literally pumped and ready to go <laughs> yeah like guys listening to the podcast yeah unfortunately you can't see scott's face but especially when i got to that bit about saying because i'm a much better stage <laughs> his face just switched with, with that with that kind of almost competitive i'm going to show him type mentality would that pump you up and motivate you to do more and really go for it versus you just thinking, oh, I've been nice. Like I want to smash hundred k, so I can take the kids to Disneyland and I can buy a new Tesla. Do you know what I mean? Like what, 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 what would get you fired up the most? Uh, yeah, yeah, because I would, I would put that in. I would put that alongside the fear of failure of going back into branch. And I'm really, you know, I'm not intending this to anyone who's listening who works in a branch as a negative. It's a very personal thing that that just didn't suit me. Um, that I would put that the fear of, of of falling behind you or is 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 would be a driver for me in that situation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 yeah but, I think but, so. so actually, what you've done there though is you've given me you've given me a choice between A and B, with with A being the fear of um of of you doing better than me in a competition we both agreed to enter into for some bizarre reason, but. <laughs> we do uh but then also what you've given me is b which is that reward and the success that i'd be aiming for which is you know a great trip with my family or you know buying a better house or whatever it might be so actually in a way you, you almost can't split between the two but if i was to say it probably would be the personal competition <laughs> with you <laughs> i guess because that's like the um the, the, the emotive response straight away and it like it's not it's, it's it's here now it's tangible you can measure that oh well Ben's done five grand I've done seven and winning do you know do you know what I mean it, it kind of well, like... and, and, and also I'm the only one in that in that in that um desire to give my wife and kids a dream holiday and extend the house all that actually I'm the only one who's bothered by that they're not actually that worried about that they don't care if we go to you know Bognor Regis next week as long as we're doing that which is lovely they don't care if we rock about in the same house so that one's very much on me yeah um yeah whereas the the battle between me and whether it be you or another agent if two of us said let's see who can do the most for me that become highly personal yeah 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 same <laughs> for you though right you seem to be 100, very much 100 100 i think we did see that you know inadvertently whilst it wasn't a case of oh it's me against you there was always that thing of 
you know, we've always had a bit of friendly competition between each other, which has served us both well for, you know, our yeah. growth efforts and our agency efforts as well over the last couple of years. So it's definitely not a bad thing. Yeah, I, I don't think, I don't know if I'd have the same, I, so that, that motivation where you and I have said to each other friendly, right, I'm on these numbers and those numbers and have tried to outdo each other. I mean, it's, I, because that's been friendly. I don't know if I'd have the same motivation if somebody in agency that I can't think of anybody, but if there's someone that I just despised and they despise me, I, I, I think that motivation would wear off really quick. Yeah. I think after about a month, I'd end up going, God, why am I driving myself into the ground to prove a point to that individual? Like, I don't need yeah. to. Whereas the, the funny thing is with the competition that you and I often sort of generate between ourselves, it, it is good fun and it's not, you know, sometimes I'll be pissed off and sometimes you will, but it, it's, and also maybe that it's fairly balanced as well is probably key. Yeah. If, yeah. if, I, if we'd entered into a 20th competition and you'd beat me, you know, 20 nil, then maybe it wouldn't be quite as much, quite no, as much fun. No, of course not. Of course. I mean, it's like, I don't know, if you're a Premier League football team, you know, beating this, the local pub team every Sunday 15 nil is going to lose its appeal. Really after. fast. Yeah, exactly. You want to be yeah. challenged, don't you? So I think that's the key. It's a good question, though. It's a good question. It got got me thinking and 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 riled up a little bit, but that's fine. <laughs> right, let's go back to you. Relax. <laughs> <laughs> but no, I think that 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 podcast kind of went in a few different random directions. But I think it you've got to come up with a title for it. Oh God, I know. But I think I'm thinking now as we're going along. I think it broadly comes under the topic of, of of success and knowing yourself and all that kind of stuff. So we'll work a title back from that. I'm sure. Yeah. All right. Good luck. Good luck. Um, all right, mate. Great to see you. I enjoyed that. Yeah. Me too, mate. Me too. I'll catch you soon. Yeah. See you, Ben. Bye. Bye.